Good morning and welcome to the Lakers Lowdown. I'm Anthony Irwin. Today on the show, the Lakers swapped out DeAndre Jordan and Kent Bazemore from the rotation and replaced them basically with Taylor Horton Tucker, a little bit more Malik Monk, and a little bit more Wayne Ellington. And you'll never believe it, but the offense looked way, way better. And they won. The first and most notable difference to me, especially in the first half, it kind of quieted down in the second half, but in the first half, Anthony Davis was a freaking monster when it came to attacking the rim. He was in the paint basically constantly, offensive rebounds, often, you know, offensive rebounds off of uh, a, a shot that he missed on purpose, right? Just, just absolutely roasting the Spurs interior. And it was mostly because the guys he was out there with, obviously Russ doesn't space the floor and neither does Avery Bradley necessarily, but Carmelo Anthony was out there and Taylor Horton Tucker was out there. And again, like those guys aren't necessarily going to space the floor. Just, you know, even compared to most players at their position, Taylor Horton Tucker is an okay three point shooter. Avery Bradley is below average. Russell Westbrook is awful uh, at, at three point shooting, but they are still guys that you have to account for. Whereas Kent Bazemore defenses could just like walk away from him. And it didn't really matter where he was standing on the court because not only was he making any shots, he stopped shooting them. And then on top of that, he can't, he can't create anything for himself off of the dribble. So he was just a, 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 a zero offensive player out there. And then Deandre Jordan is Deandre Jordan. So <laughs> there you go. So taking those two guys out, and allowing Anthony Davis the space to just wreak havoc inside was great. And yeah, like the the defense was not ideal. It was there there were some issues there, but just think about this and try not to giggle. I'm going to giggle. I'm just preparing you guys for this right now. But think of LeBron James with the driving lanes that the Lakers had consistently from start to finish in this game because of the way that they were set up in terms of their roster, and, and because of, not the roster, but because of the lineups that were out there that were very offensively driven, right? Like, like LeBron James is going to be sitting there on the wing, and he's going to have multiple driving lanes to choose from. He has never had that in his time as a Laker, uh, at least not, you know, <laughs> not as obviously as the Lakers had them today. And I don't know what defenses are really going to do, with that type of spacing. And and so that's that's what I really can't wait to see here is, all right, if this is Frank Vogel and the Lakers selling out for offense and just shifting the identity more towards spacing and offensive flow instead of continuing trying to fit the square peg into the round hole with uh, the, the, the continuing to try to make this a defensive team or a defensive identity even a little bit, like if this is what this is going to look like moving forward on the offensive side of the ball, it's going to be a really fun team to watch. The other thing, too, that we need to point out here and that, you know, should not ever go unnoticed is, is the amount of energy THT injected into the Lakers by just constantly and unrelentingly putting pressure on the rim offensively. It was, it was a significant upgrade like basically he was attacking the rim in the way that we have been begging Russell Westbrook to and this is what's going to be really interesting here is 
Taylor Horton Tucker is the only guy I think on this team that if Russ continues to struggle and, and he played all right today, uh, he was he was mostly fine. I guess I, w- I would consider him. But if you're if if Russ continues to struggle, THT is the only person that they have enough enough invested in him to shift the Lakers identity into more of a THT team on the perimeter than it is a Russell Westbrook team. Russ is never coming off of the bench, obviously. But could he maybe, just maybe, be given even less to do on offense? Uh, down the stretch of this game, you saw it. The, the Lakers just looked better with the ball in THT's hands than with Russ. And and if that continues, which I don't think it will, at least not as obviously as it has so far this season, but if it continues even to 75% or you know 70% of how bad it's looked now, saying meaning Russ improves even a little bit, uh, or, or just a little bit, then it behooves the Lakers to see what they look like with Russ being a screener and a cutter and allowing THT to force the defense to implode, to suck in the defense and kick it out to shooters or find guys at the rim. Great. I, I, I Considering the fact that this was a, a first game for Taylor Horton Tucker of the season, uh, that was I, I, I really enjoyed watching him play today. The other thing that getting Taylor Horton Tucker means for the Lakers is that Frank has no reason whatsoever to go to a Rajon Rondo and Russell Westbrook lineup ever, ever. It it hasn't worked this season. It never worked. It was never a, a something that you ah oh, well maybe we'll see what it looks like and and what no. Theoretically, it was a bad idea. Now. Practically and logistically, it has looked worse than I think I, you know, it's, it's the meme. My expectations were low, but holy bleep, right? <laughs> That's where we're standing here with Russell, West, Russell Westbrook and with Rajon Rondo playing on the court together. It just cannot happen. And look, let's just look at the stats here. I don't believe that this last game is is in the NBA.com stats bank or whatever. So, so this might change or whatever, but I don't think it's going to change much. But in 36 minutes together, Russell Westbrook and Rajon Rondo have an offensive rating of 82.8 points per 100 possessions. They have a defensive rating of 110.1, which is good for a negative, uh, a negative 23.9 net rating, which is just bad, right? And and by the way, like you could say, a oh, small sample size, they they're still figuring things out, and to a certain extent, like Russell Westbrook and Rajon Rondo playing alongside each other, if it is ever going to work, is going to take a whole bunch of time to figure out. My thing is, it's just, it's not the kind of thing, it's not the combination you have to really commit to and give the amount of time that it would take for these guys to figure it out because even if they figure it out, there's still probably going to be a negative net rating combination. And with Taylor Horton Tucker back and with Malik Monk playing the way that he is, there's just no reason for for Russ and Rondo to play together ever, ever. Like so, the the the, the worst lineups uh, on the uh, Lakers right now that have played at least ten minutes. So you have Wayne Ellington and, and Kate Bazemore as a, as a uh, combination. They are <laughs> playing at a negative one hundred and fourteen point two net rating uh, in the fifteen minutes they've played together. Russ and Ellington are minus thirty three in sixty minutes. Kent Bazemore and Austin Reeves, uh, minus 30. Uh, 
Avery Bradley and Malik Monk, minus 26.5. Wayne Ellington and Avery Bradley, minus 25.9. And then you get to DeAndre Jordan, Avery Bradley, minus 25. And then Rajon Rondo and Russell Westbrook are minus basically 24. Like, you can kind of see with some of those, it makes some sense, right? Like, Ellington and Bazemore, there's some overlapping there skill-wise, and there is no offensive creation there. And given the way that Bazemore was defending so far this season, that was never going to to make very much sense. Rondo and Jordan, both those guys are washed. That's not going to work very much. They've only played four minutes together, though. Um, you have Kent Bazemore and Austin Reeves. Some of the same issues because of how poorly Kent Bazemore was playing this year that uh, – him and Ellington run into, right? And then with Rondo and Westbrook, it's it makes total sense that they would struggle together, especially early in the season. It's just not worth it to invest any more time to let those guys figure it out together because they just, it, one, I have doubts if they ever will. And two, even if they do, there's so much other skill set and creation elsewhere on the roster that other combinations are going to work better anyway. What's going to be interesting here, and part of the story of this game, is obviously that Kent Bazemore and DeAndre Jordan both got DNP coaches' decisions, right? DNP CDs. And with both of those guys, they have been playing really poorly and really lazily. And that's the part that I think really got under Frank's skin the most, is that both those guys had been playing as if they were just their, their spots were, were, were secured. And they aren't. DeAndre Jordan is playing at a position where the Lakers have, when AD wants to play center, one of the best centers in the NBA, and they have somebody in Dwight Howard who is better than DeAndre Jordan. So Jordan should never have felt secure. He just hasn't been good for three years. Kent Bazemore is somebody who you could maybe talk yourself into as a little bit more secure, but only if he defends in the way that his reputation would have led you to believe he could defend because there are not very many defensive wing size and no defensive wing sides uh players on this team right now and and even despite that you know he was so bad defensively and obviously offensively has his own struggles but defensively like he was it was just bad he got turned around uh constantly on on defense got lost uh off of the ball in some spots and if you're not going to make up for it on the other end of the court then you're just not an NBA player at that point and, and I, I thought, honestly, that last in, in the Wolves game, I was watching Bazemore play, and he, he looked like somebody who could really use a week to figure some shit out, watch some of the guys who were playing better than him and figure out what they're doing to make themselves more successful and, and come back a little bit more refreshed because he was, it was, he was in his own head. He was making unforced errors and, and, and just kind of boneheaded plays that even by his standards were... were were just nonsensical. And so for, for where he is right now, it I hope that Vogel gives him another couple games off, lets him catch himself, get his legs back under him, and then go out there and, and, and play as if he now has to win back a role. Because Kent Bazemore with playing with any kind of comfort is obviously not something the Lakers can can stick with. And 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 obviously, you know, to give Frank some credit here, that they moved off of. All right, that's going to do it for this episode of the Lakers Lowdown. Make sure you check out, if you haven't already, the Can You Dig It pod, where they go deep on this game and the decisions that Frank made, not just this in, in getting ready for this one, but now moving forward when it comes to DeAndre and, and Kent Bazemore. 
Uh, and then everything else on the website as Harrison and Jacob break down some of the quotes that are going to be coming from this game uh, as everybody kind of reacts to how the lineups are now being put together. So a ton of reason to check out all of this content. Make sure you guys are subscribed, rating, and reviewing this pod. It really helps us, so I would appreciate all of that good stuff. And until tomorrow, I'm Anthony Irwin saying have a good one.